In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be comfortable as we try to find out what in the world is Jesus up to. I hope you were, I hope you listened to that gospel. And I hope it's made you a little petulant, maybe like a child saying, but that's not fair. Because you know what fair is? Fair is what you pay the taxi driver. That's a terrible joke, okay. Uh, here's what I want to talk about. Um, the author Flannery O'Connor wrote a short story called Revelation. And in this story, Revelation, the, the main character is Mrs. Turpin. And it takes place, like I would say, in the 40s is my is best I can tell. In the 40s, in the South, and Mrs. Turpin considers herself, and for good reason, one of the good ones, a churchgoer. She pays her bills and pays her taxes and works hard. She goes to church. She does acts of charity, mainly because she knows that by doing so, then the people will work for her. But, but she does them. Every night she goes to bed, and, and uh, what helps her get to sleep is categorizing people. And she sees them. This is how she kind of comes to peace. She says, yeah, at the bottom of the heap are all the blacks. She uses a different word. And then next, not really above them, more like next to them are the white trash. And then next up, or above them, those, those groups, are the, um, the homeowners. And then above them are the, uh, the people who own their homes and own some land. And that's where she and her husband Claude are. Feels pretty good at that level. Above her are the people who own more land and bigger homes. And then she, she admits those. It gets a little complicated after that because there are those who used to own a lot of land and big homes, but something happened to them. Maybe you know, nothing that they did wrong, but something happened, and, and they're not so wealthy anymore. So she kind of is not sure where to put them in, in the pyramid, you know. And then there are also some, some blacks who, who have done well, and they've got their own homes, maybe even a little bit of land. So she's really confused about, about where, to, where to put them. But she's sure about where she is. She's, she's done the comparisons, and she knows that she's okay. She's done the calculations about the, her acts of good works, and she's confident and clear about her status as far as her salvation goes. And with that comes a certain smugness. And she's sitting in this doctor's office where most of those categories that she's so fixated on are also represented in a doctor's office, right? We all eventually have to go to the doctor. And there's this one college-age young student with terrible acne who is reading a book and every now and then looking up with her with this bitter, incisive hatred. And eventually, this young person stands up and throws a book at Mrs. Turpin and hits her right in the eye, knocks her down, jumps over the chairs, and begins to, to strangle her. 
the book she throws, just, I just love the, the, the writing of Flannery O'Connor, happens to be called Human Development. They eventually sort of separate the, the two, but in the moment she looks in this girl's eye who happens to be called Mary Grace, and she realizes that Mary Grace has a divine revelation for her. And she says, what do you want to say to me? What do you have for me? And Mary Grace delivers her message. Go back to hell where you came from, you old warthog. Mrs. Turpin has, that's her, her first revelation. See, what Mrs. Turpin, as, as dedicated as she was to her faith, she had forgotten Jesus' words about the first will be last and the last will be first. She had forgotten this really important part that salvation comes through grace alone. And that grace, as Eugene Boring says, grace is always amazing grace. Grace that can be calculated or expected is no longer grace. She was no longer depending on grace. Mrs. Turpin was depending on something else. And so she got a revelation. It's an uncomfortable revelation, isn't it? Jonah, I'm pointing over here because Rachel read that reading from Jonah. When when we hear about Jonah, we tend to remember Jonah in the story of being swallowed by the, the great fish for three days. We don't usually hear this part of Jonah, though. And the whole reason that Jonah was trying to escape, the whole reason that Jonah got swallowed by the fish, was because he knew that God was going to not follow through on what God said he would do to those terrible people uh, in Nineveh. He knew that God was, would not follow through. And sure enough, he preaches repentance, they repent, God relents, Jonah pouts. Jonah is furious with God that he, that he would bless and be gracious to offer his grace to the Ninevites. And use him as part of that. Jesus says to his disciples today, but the kingdom of heaven is like this. When he says four, he's relating it to, connecting it to what came right before that. And what had come before that was Jesus saying to his apostles, look, that rich guy who came, who said, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? What do I need to do to get that? He's saying, that's not how it works. And they're saying, yeah, but we've given up everything. He says, yeah, and you'll get your reward. But remember, the the first will be last, and the last will be first. And for this kingdom of heaven is like this. So he's talking specifically about this first and last. Throughout this story, he talks about the first and the last, right? The last laborer is hired. He's very, very specific to his manager. Call in the last ones hired first. And so what does he do? The people who only worked an hour, what do they get? Full day's wage. And then the ones who who were hired at 3 o'clock, 
2 o'clock at noon, 9 o'clock. They also, wow, look, this guy's giving everybody. What are we going to get? Those of us who have gotten up on a Sunday morning, put on our best clothes, tuned in when we could have we just slept. Surely we're going to get an extra special heaping helping, right? And what happens? They get what they were promised. But they're comparing themselves to others. They had calculated what they should receive in their minds. And so they grumble. Grace is always amazing. Grace. Grace that can be calculated or expected is, is no longer grace. So when they say, we, we, they, they supposed that they would get more, you see how they're, they're doing a calculation there about what they're worth? And then when they complain that you have made them equal to us, you've made them equal to us. They had done the comparisons. Them to us. And there was a certain expectation. But you see, grace that can be calculated or expected, no longer grace. And they say, and we have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day. They were not delighted to be invited into the vineyard to do the work. And so they grumbled against the landowner. Mrs. Turpin grumbled too. If you want to know how the story develops, she, she grumbles too. She, she, in fact, she goes out and has kind of a Jonah moment with God. Jonah who yelled at God, yep, you did it. Jacob who wrestled with God. She has a moment like that. You want to hear what she says? It's really a beautiful story. It's called Revelation. What she, what she goes is says, she starts off by asking much like the people who had worked for the full day, what do you send me a message like that for? How am I a hog and me both? How am I saved and from hell too? That's what she asks. Fiercely, her fist knotted, other fist gripping the hose. Why me? There's no trash around here, black or white, that I haven't given to and break my back to the bone every day working and do for the church. See how she's doing the calculations? She's done the comparisons. But grace that can be expected or calculated is no longer grace. Um, she says, uh, this is the part I want to say. Go on. Call me a hog. Call me a hog again from hell. Call me a warthog from hell. Put the bottom rail on top. There will still be a top and a bottom. The last shall be first, and the first shall be last. 
Do you hear how she's grumbling against the landowner? Do you think God answers her? Would God answer us if we were to present our own misgivings about the graciousness, God's graciousness? He doesn't answer her with a voice, but with a vision. And this is the real revelation. In it, uh, I probably shouldn't read the whole thing, but in it, what she sees is this pathway leading from earth to heaven, right over her field. And on that pathway, on that pathway, there was a whole companies of white trash clean for the first time. Bands of blacks, I'll shorten that, in white robes, and battalions of freaks and lunatics shouting and clapping and leaping like frogs. And bringing up the end of the procession was a tribe of people whom she recognized at once as those who, like herself and Claude, had always had a little of everything and the God-given wit to use it right. She leaned forward to observe them closer. They were marching behind the others with dignity, accountable as they had always been for good order and common sense and respectable behavior. They alone were on key, yet she could see by their shocked and altered faces that even their virtues were being burned away. Even their virtues were being burned away. Because that's not what saves us. Not even our virtues. What saves us is this grace of God. The grace of God that cannot be calculated, cannot be expected, cannot be contained. It only can be received. And it's what connects us all. All of us. At length she got down and turned off the faucet and made her way slowly on the darkening path to the house. In the woods around her the invisible cricket choruses had struck up. But what she heard were the voices of the souls climbing upward into the starry field and shouting hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, in the scandal of God's grace, there is no deserving and undeserving. There is no earned or unearned. There is no first or last, or last or first. There's only the grace of God. We can't calculate it. We can't presume it. We don't need to. We only have to joyfully accept it. And I hope, recognize in every one of us that it's offered to all of us. And that is what unites us.
And I hope that with that knowledge and that trust, we too can join that vast horde moving upward to heaven and singing hallelujah.